Good afternoon. Welcome to the BetUS NBA show. Alongside Chris Farley and Josh C., I'm Kate Constable. Chris, we couldn't have had worse contrasting days yesterday. You went 3-0. and I went 0-2. I will congratulate you. I'm very happy for you. You have been killing it lately. Uh, your Hawks money line, that was a pick that Alex and I uh, both questioned yesterday, but it never really was in question during that game. Yeah, I thought it was going to be a little harder than that to hit that bet, but they were, I felt like they were up by double digits for most of that game. Awesome to see. They went, you know, Trey Young had a great three point shooting night, and that kind of sent them in that double digit uh, margin category. Then that was it from there. Um, yes, I'm, I'm sorry you guys didn't have the same results, but I, I appreciate you, Kate, uh, trying to undo the jinx because, see, we see now again, jinxes are not real things. So even though. Exactly. Yeah, even though you said that, uh, nothing happened, nothing happened bad. And I do want to say, I got some really, I should say this kind of thing more often. I got some really kind messages on Twitter today, which, you know, Twitter's not always kind. But I did get some kind, direct messages from people who watch our show and how much they enjoy it. So thank you all for listening and tuning in. I love it when we can help people win. That's like the best feeling. That is the best feeling. And if you want to follow us on Twitter... Head over there. Josh is punt underscore school. Chris is at Chris R Farley one, not to be confused with the comedian Chris Farley. And I am just at Kate Constable. I don't have any cool um, comedian that I can match names with, so I'm just playing. Josh, how was your day yesterday? I hope it was a little bit better than mine. Yeah, slightly better. Not not a whole lot better. I went one and two yesterday. Um, Philadelphia really, really stunk things up in a bad way. Um, but hey, it's been a really, really good few days for me, so I certainly can't complain. Things are very much on the up in the NBA. Now we've got to get it to transpire to the show. I seem to leave my bad days forever on, which is not fun. <laughs> but I promise we'll fix that for you guys. Let's Let's have a much better week. Yeah, it's the worst when I place a last-minute bet, and that's the one that hits, or I live bet, and those are the ones that hit, but yet they don't count to our record. So we'll try and get better for the picks on the show. One thing I wanted to ask you guys about, today a report came out that Canada is not allowing players that have not been vaccinated into the country. So teams playing in Toronto, all of their players must be vaccinated in order to travel with the team. I know the NBA has a pretty high vaccination rate, but it might affect a couple teams. And so far, the Raptors have been terrible at home this year. Do you think that this might be able to turn the tide for the Raptors in terms of their record straight up and against the spread at home? Well, I mean, they could do. They could use all the help they could get right now. <laughs> like I said last week, I think they've just forgotten how to play in Toronto after a little year in Tampa. Um, they've been terrible up there, but... Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I don't think it's going to have too big of an impact. I'll have to like look at the list of unvaccinated players again. But I mean, Washington were just there, and Bradley Beal's still unvaccinated, I believe. So, I mean, okay. he managed to squeeze in before they officially made it a mandate. Um, aside from that, I'm not too sure how many more players it'll impact, and I don't think it'll be anyone of you know high note or, or caliber, if you will. So, yeah, it, it is something worth keeping an eye on for sure, unfortunately. But um, See how it plays out. Outside of Kyrie Irving, we haven't heard of too many superstars mm. not being vaccinated. So you're right. It probably won't impact teams too much. Chris, we also heard that the Indiana Pacers might be blowing things up over there and, and getting rid of some of their best players, DeMontis Sabonis, Miles Turner, maybe trading them. 
Any thoughts on who would be a good team to trade with or player? Maybe someone out in Philly? Yeah, maybe someone on Philly. Uh, maybe someone <laughs> on the Celtics. I see Josh point. Yeah, I mean, the, the Pacers are just one of those teams we were talking about before the show. Is there's, They can be so frustrating because, they. I mean, like, for example, last night, they played so well against the Wizards. The Wizards are a team I'm pretty high on. They're, they're very good on defense. They're, I mean, they're tough on defense. Not very good just yet, but they're always a tough team. Uh, but the Pacers just were so fluid. I mean, they throughout the entire game. When, but I don't know why that's not consistent. I don't know if that's a Rick Carlisle thing. I don't think so. He's a good coach. But, uh, yeah, there's, there's a lot of teams that need help, and there's a lot of talent on the Pacers team. So if they want to get it started, there's a lot of teams I think that would be interested. It'll be very fun to watch and, and hear those all the rumors come out of that camp and see uh, where people are projecting teams might be headed with players. Let's take a look at our leaderboard heading into today's slate. Short slate today, just three games. We're still um, sitting at 126 and 110, thanks to a couple wins from Chris yesterday. He's sitting at 40 and 24. Josh and I are both a little under 500. We're getting back up there. Alex at 33 and 25. He's doing just fine as well. Kicking things off today, talking about the Brooklyn Nets. They're in Dallas tonight to take on the Mavericks. The Nets have won nine of their last 12 games, but they've struggled against decent opponents. They really haven't beat any great teams. They've lost to the Suns, the Warriors, and the Bulls as of recent. The Mavs, though, they're looking to avoid a three-game losing streak. They're a one-and-a-half-point underdog tonight at home. This total is set at 221. Chris, I know you like the Nets minus one-and-a-half tonight. Luka Doncic has been ruled probable it's upgraded from questionable early in the day, so it looks like he'll play tonight. Why do you like this Nets team laying the points? Yeah, that's a good point you made about the Nets not beating really good teams. Uh, fortunately for me, I don't think the Dallas Mavericks are one of the best teams in the NBA. Uh, but yeah, this line has gone down a little bit, and I disagree with the line movement, but I'm you know, happy to get more value on my play, I guess. Or, I, well, I mean, I got it at minus three, so I guess I'm getting less value, but the line movement doesn't scare me at all. I mean, this is a Nets team who we all know is very, very talented on offense. That's, you know, well broadcasted. James Harden is starting to play a little better. He's, he still facilitates the ball really well. Uh, but not enough has talked about the Brooklyn defense so far that has been pretty darn good. They're number six in defensive efficiency so far this year. And one area that I'm really looking at in this game, and there's a big reason why I like the Nets, is the Nets are very, very good at preventing their opponents from scoring three-point shots. They're first in the NBA in opponent three-point percentage, just above 30%. And that's tough to do in the modern NBA to keep teams at that mark, and they've been in first place for a little while there. I think that's a huge thing. If they can really defend the Mavericks well tonight, we know the Mavericks have a ton of players on their team, led by Luka, who can nail threes all game. Uh, you know, Persingas is up there, but Tim Hardaway Jr. can do it. Uh, a lot of their players are great perimeter shooters, so I like the fact that the Nets are are not going to bat an eye at that at all. You know, Durant with all of his length and some of the defensive talent that they have on that team, it's been good to see that from Brooklyn because if they come together more on offense and keep on improving, then they should be a scarier team down the road and should be beating a lot of these really good teams too along the way. I think that LaMarcus Aldridge could have some real good success in this game. You know, we talked at length already about the Mavericks and some of their uh, ineffectiveness in the paint from their bigs. It's kind of a soft team down there. So Aldridge has been playing well. I, I think that he could have a big night. Both of these teams are on the road tomorrow night. Both of these teams are off three days of rest. So there's no really spot advantage there. Um, although, you know, obviously the Nets are on, on the road. Both teams are also off a loss. So I kind of like the Nets to, 
to come back here. I mean, I had the Nets at 5.5 points better than the Mavericks in this one, so I'm getting some real value any wherever this line is because apparently it's not going to go up too much beyond two probably at this point. Um, and I guess that line movement is because some of those players were questionable, right? Tim Hardaway Jr. too, Luca, Persingas, now they're all probable. Sounds good. Still think the Nets are the way better team, and I'll take advantage of that and hope for a win tonight. I'm going to take advantage of that, too. I like the Nets minus one and a half in this one. I actually got them three and a half as well earlier today, but one and a half is great, just the same. Uh, coming off of a loss, which the Nets are, they lost to the Bulls on Saturday. They have yet to lose two straight games this season. They're 6-0 and after a loss. You mentioned their defensive rating, sixth in defensive rating, allowing only 105 points per 100 possessions. And the Mavs, they've only topped 105 points in three of their last 10 games. That's not going to be enough against a Nets team that is great offensively, fifth in effective field goal percentage, fourth in true shooting. So I think the Nets have the clear advantage here offensively. And to your point, defensively, they're, they're really not a bad defensive team at all. Josh, are we on the right side here? Yeah, in short. Um, I, I very well may join you by the time tip-off comes around as well, I think. Uh, looking at this one, I kind of had it between two and a half minus three as well. Um, and now I'm definitely showing value now that we're at minus one and a half, hoping we can even just get a minus one, to be perfectly honest. Um, yeah, I think we all know that I'm not particularly high on Dallas. I don't think they have the tools either to really take advantage of this matchup in terms of hurting Brooklyn with their scoring. The one thing I think we have seen from the Nets this season is that they struggle when teams play in transition and push the tempo a little bit and are able to score... Um, before the Nets are able to sort of you know, get set in a half-court defense. And Dallas doesn't do that at all. Dallas is very much going to walk the ball up the court, um, be very methodical in their approach, and you know, try and run sets against a Brooklyn defense that, like I said, when it comes to setting up, they certainly have the length and um, ability to disrupt shooters, to get out to shooters. I think it's a big part of why they are able to limit um, three-point percentage so well is that they don't give up many open looks at all. So for me, it's certainly Brooklyn or pass. It's just a matter of find your entry point. One and a half seems a pretty good one to me. Um, I'm personally going to try and fish for a minus one in the next hour or so. But yeah, that's certainly the way to play it. And in terms of the total, I think I might lean the under purely because I don't see these two teams running back and forth all that much this game. Both of these teams are also in the bottom five against the spread this season. So really no clear advantage uh, for one team either way. The Nets are, have the third worst against the spread record. Mavs are fifth worst. One of those teams obviously is going to lose that tonight. Let's hope it is not the Nets. Chris and I are playing them at minus one and a half. Moving on to the New York Knicks. They're in... San Antonio tonight to take on the Spurs. Two uh, New York-Texas matchups tonight, I'm just realizing. Knicks are a one-and-a-half-point favorite. This total is 211. The Knicks have lost five, four of their last five games, excuse me, with their only win against the Hawks. And the Spurs won four of their last five. Their only loss coming last night to the Suns. So contrasting styles there in terms of win-loss record over the last five games. Josh, you're playing the Knicks minus two-and-a-half. Are the Spurs maybe getting a little too much respect having won four of their last five games? Yeah, certainly seems that way. Um, very surprised by what's happening with this market. I mean, it's pretty much at a peak now. The Knicks, for me, I think is still the better team overall. The Spurs, like you said, I think they're just getting a little bit too much respect for 
um, their recent you know, success, if you want to call it that. So that recency bias for me is pretty notable in this line. I mean, it was only a week ago that the Spurs were at home to Washington and were plus three and a half, plus four. Um, I, <laughs> I definitely do not have the Knicks being three or four points worse than the Washington Wizards right now. Um, I'd struggle to find anyone who would be willing to say that either. So it goes to show you just how much can change, I guess, in a week in the NBA landscape. But um, that that overreaction for me is crazy. I think that the Knicks match up really well with the Spurs. Um, defensively, they should be able to stop what San Antonio likes to do, which is get into the paint, a lot of mid-range scoring. You know, they don't offer a perimeter threat. And if you don't offer a perimeter threat, I think New York are pretty well suited to uh, deal with whatever it is you are going to try and do offensively. Um, they should also be able to score, I think, on this San Antonio defense that's being a little bit overrated as well, um, all things considered. It's a terrible spot as well for San Antonio. Let's not forget that. Uh, you know, Second of a back-to-back, third in four nights, uh, fourth in six nights, I believe it is as well. So a really, really tough spot for the Spurs. Um, I think you know having Vassell out as well is obviously a big thing. I've spoken about that previously in the show, just how it hurts the rotations a little bit, especially when they're having to play from behind. So... If the Knicks can get off to a good start, I think it pretty much should be wire-to-wire for them. I really, really like them in the spot. Love them even more at the price. I kind of sit closer to a Knicks minus 3.5 in this one. You mentioned the way these two teams match up. 50% of the Spurs' points come from inside the paint, and the Knicks are third in the NBA in opponents' points in the paint, so a great advantage for the Knicks there tonight. Chris, if we look at the total here, 211. We've seen the overs a hit more in these last couple of days. Those trends are, are obviously leaning towards the over after the under was hitting at a 63% rate early in the season. What do you think about the total here today with these two teams playing at a faster pace than maybe we'll see in, in the Nets-Dallas game? Does this have a chance to go over to 11? Yeah, I think so. We've seen some improvements from the Spurs on offense. You know, I guess that's why they're getting a little... Love recently, although I totally agree with what Josh said. I mean, the fact that they're coming off a back-to-back uh, after playing Phoenix and it's in a hard-fought game in Phoenix mm-hmm. too, and now the next night, right? You got to take on the Knicks, who are who need to win. I mean, the Knicks have lost four of the last five games, but yeah, we're seeing we're seeing this a lot from these Knicks games, which is weird. Tom Thibodeau teams, who it's probably a reason why they lost four out of their last five games, is that they're they're having to trail teams and and you know shoot as as well as other teams, and we're really seeing them progress in that category I mean early parts of the season they were having great success from the outside especially last five games they're shooting from around 30 percent from the perimeter so that I mean that is not uh typically in the past what we saw for the Knicks is that didn't matter as much you know they could still find ways to force the ball down low a lot of Julius Randle uh and exceptional defense and just lately their defense has not been exceptional and they're not able to keep up with these teams so I mean, the Spurs could, you know, if their offense continues to play well, the, the Spurs could pull in front of the Knicks in this one. I do kind of like the over in this one just because both these teams have been, you know, leaning in that direction. That's where their games are going. But uh, that said, I think that Josh is on the right side in this one. I mean, the Spurs do not, even just from the basic approach of where the line is, um, the Spurs don't deserve to be this close of a pick um, against the Knicks, who who still, you know, even though they've had some recent failures, you know, m- maybe they need a Kemba Walker more than they think. I mean, I don't know. But uh, they it seems like they're still figuring themselves out. You know, R.J. Barrett basically missed all that game against the Nets, and then he missed the game against the Bulls. So he's he should be back tonight. That should help them out. So this is just a much better spot for the Knicks. Um, I, I, I can't take either side because I don't like what I'm seeing for the Knicks lately. But 
they should get this win. And if it goes down to pick them, I think there's a ton of value on the Knicks. And Nick, uh, Nick said Coach Tom Thibodeau called out R.J. Barrett the other day for not maybe giving enough effort on the defensive end. So you got to believe he's going to come out and play a little bit harder tonight. So I, I do like this pick here, Josh. You take in the Knicks minus one and a half. I think they get the win tonight and, and bounce back after a four-game skid. The Celtics and Lakers, a rivalry renewed? Maybe, maybe not. Celtics are two and a half point dog in LA tonight. This total set at 219. These two teams already played once this year back in Boston, and Boston beat the Lakers 130 108. Lakers had a big lead in that one, but blew that 14 point lead down the stretch. And they're in the middle of a five game road trip right now, Celtics, that is. They lost to the Jazz and beat the Blazers. They'll then play the Clippers tomorrow night, I believe. So tough spot for the Celtics, but going up against a very inconsistent Lakers team that has struggled this season. No official plays from any of us on this one. Chris, we'll start with you. If you had to pick, who would you make a case for to cover tonight? Yeah, interesting game. I, um, I'm going to look to pick the Celtics in this one. Uh, Josh brought up a great point before the show that maybe that line will keep on going up and we can get an even better number. Uh, so I, you know, maybe we wait around and see what happens there. I mean, the Celtics, not only did they beat them by margin in the first game, but they, I mean, they out-rebounded them uh, by a margin of 20 rebounds. I mean, 56 to 36, they had way more points in the paint. It's just really interesting, right? Because you have LeBron James and Anthony Davis and a much taller team in the Lakers. But these, but that's what the Lakers keep on doing. I mean, they're one of the faster-paced teams in the league. They try to run in, uh, up and down the floor. And I just really like the way the Celtics match up against that. The Celtics are one of the best fast break defenses in the NBA. They're one of the best defenses in the paint in the NBA. Uh, and they have wings that can make shots, which is, you know, that could be a problem for the Lakers tonight. Uh, Lakers probably in a better spot here because it's a revenge spot. But the Celtics are on the road and they're going to stay on the road. Uh, I just, I think there's value on the Celtics here again. And I, and I've said it before, I kind of like where this team is going. I mean, they're, they, they like to settle in the half court. They like to go at a slower pace. They like to play great defense. The Lakers are kind of opposite. They want to go fast. They have bigs. Uh, you know, Lakers defense has been improving a little bit, but it's still not on the same level as the Celtics. Celtics are top 10. So, you know, and as we know, the Lakers turn the ball over a lot because of their fast break and their pushing. So if the Celtics can force them into mistakes and force them to play the game that they want to play, I think this could be another game that matches up really well and goes in favor of Boston. So, I'm leaning Boston. I might take Boston by the end of the night. Um, I wanted to take Boston at the start of this, but obviously the LeBron James effect in the spot, you know, maybe the, maybe the Lakers pull this one out. They always can. Uh, but that being said, I, I much, much stronger lean to the Celtics. Celtics offensively in their last two games have put up 145 points, 137 points. So their offense has definitely been rolling these past couple days. Josh, I know you're a big Celtics fan, but fandom aside, do you like the Celtics to cover here tonight over the Lakers? I do. I really, really do. Uh, I will probably have some form of play on the Celtics by the time tip-off comes around. We're up at a four now, it seems like, pretty much across the board. Maybe it even gets to a four and a half, which is strange. I mean, it's nothing we didn't already know or expect. Jalen Brown confirmed out the line moved up. I don't think many of us really expected him to play at all in this West Coast road trip. So, yeah, I, I'm not surprised by any injury news. I am surprised that the line reacting to it, though. So, yeah, I think I'll be involved with Boston here. I love how they match up with the Lakers personally. 
like you said, the offensive outburst as well from them these last two games while being out West. Um, it's interesting, you know, you read about Udoka basically adopting almost this West Coast offense during this trip where they are pushing the tempo a little bit. They're trying to get their shots early. They're trying to attack and kick, and it seems to really be working. Um, and if they do that against the Lakers, it's almost certain to work as well. The Lakers' defense uh, at the best of times is turnstile. So I think that they're more than likely going to be able to get whatever they want offensively. And if we have to trust one defense, I think you can only trust the Celtics' defense um, down the stretch. So, yeah, for me, this really lines up to be a Boston play. I think I will be on the line most likely at about a four, hoping for a four and a half. Um, I'm probably going to look into as well that Boston team total. Um, by the time we get closer to tip, I believe it's sitting probably at about a 107 and a half in and around that range. Um, seems a little bit short. I don't see why the Celtics don't score 110 in this matchup personally. So, yeah, even with bias aside, I can make a pretty decent case, I think, for the Celtics. I think it's the right side and probably the only side that you can play it. I don't think the Lakers really should be laying four against anyone, by the way. The Lakers are the worst team against the spread in the NBA, 8-14, and 14, but they're the best team at... Uh, in terms of overs, the over hits 62.5% of the time. So between the Celtics having a very strong offensive game these last few games and the Lakers ten, uh, trending to the over, I kind of like this total over 219 and a half, especially hearing Josh say he kind of likes the Celtics team total over 110. So something to look at there if, you, if you're interested in playing the total tonight. No official plays here. So we are going to move on to our questions. Thank you for sending those in. What types of indicators do you look at for line movement when betting early lines? Chris, want to take this one? Yeah, it's a really interesting question, a really good question. Um, so, you know, typically two things that really move the lines more than anything else are, number one, injuries, obviously. So if somebody is, you know, potentially not supposed to play and then they are announced that they will, maybe the line will change if that's a significant player for that team. Uh, you know, very few players are going to move the line tremendously, uh, but, you know, your stars throughout the NBA are going to do that. And then obviously you can look at sharp line movement. So if a ton of sharp money is coming in and by sharp, we mean, you know, the professional sports bettors uh, are coming in on a line that tends to move the line more than anything else. You can look at sites like Vegas Insider for that, which will tell you the amount of spread bets and the amount of money that's on a game. Uh, you know, other things can move the lines too. You have to look at all the different uh, elements and factors to a game, but typically uh, injuries, you know, and 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 then and an updated list of who's going to be in and out of the game right before the game. As we know in the NBA, there's some frustrating things that happen with that, and uh, some unexpected line movement can happen, uh, and then it could either be very much in your direction or in your favor, or very much not. Uh, so that you know, that's probably the biggest mover. Josh, you're smiling right now, and I know exactly what you're thinking. The Bucks the other night ruled Giannis out minutes before the game, and he had not been on the injury report at all that afternoon. And you and I both lost that pick. We played Bucks laying the points. I can't remember how many points it was. But basically because Giannis was out. And we don't typically see that happen where a player is ruled out right before the game when there's no rumblings or anything like that in terms of just a rest spot that night. So do you – is that – something that now you're concerned going forward and you're paying extra close attention to? Uh, always. I mean, I have trust issues with the NBA. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it doesn't shock me when it happens, and yet it still does, strangely enough. Uh, that Giannis one was just an example of 
where they, they literally made no announcement. It was just the people in the arena noticed that his name wasn't on the um, Jumbotron. So, you know, that's one way to, I guess, get the information out. But just just super strange and, and frustrating. But, you know, we'll, we'll save injury conversations, I think, for another day. Um, <laughs> but a great question, whoever asked this one. Uh, I think, you know, a lot of people have their own sort of methods in terms of trying to anticipate market movement. A lot of it also just comes down to having trust in whatever system it is you're running. So personally, um, you know, I just look at my numbers and I know the teams in particular that I'm very confident about my ratings in. And so I see if I see an edge with them, I will do my absolute best to try and get down early, um, being confident in the fact that the line will move in my favor. Uh, the totals are pretty much much the same as well. Um, it's, you know, it, whatever system it is you have in place for me, it's, you know, whatever model I've got, if I show a significant edge, if I feel like it involves a team that seems to really match what my ratings say most nights, um, I will be confident in trying to get in early there and anticipate the movement to follow suit. So, yeah, I think aside from that, Chris pretty much covered the sort of uh, broader scale things to look for in terms of trying to anticipate that market movement and to get ahead of it. But certainly a good habit to get into. And I certainly recommend um, doing your best in terms of trying to get in and tackle those early markets and get ahead of things. We have a uh, prop bets question. Julius Randall over points and rebounds tonight. Josh, being the, the Knicks are playing the Spurs and you're on that game, do you want to take this one? Yeah, I, I think yes. I think it's probably the only way I would want to play that. Um, you know, his usage and his volume is always going to be high enough. I think that he owns a pretty significant matchup advantage in this one as well, where he should be able to take um, basically anything he wants and anything that the defense gives him. So rebounds probably, you know, maybe that gets shared around a little bit more. Maybe if I had to make a prop bet on Julius Randle, I would just take the points, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, or even points, rebounds, assists, where you know his assist numbers can make up for potentially sharing some of those boards ac around across the rest of the team. So I think there's a few ways to attack it. Personally, if I'm going to pick one, I'm going to say points. But um, no matter which way you take it, I think I would go the overs for Julius Randle in this matchup. Chris, do you agree? I almost cut you off there in the very beginning, I think. Oh, no, no, I, I uh, don't really have a lot of thoughts about Julius Randle, actually, in that game. It's pro probably the right side to go over. Uh, I'm looking more at uh, Aldridge, right, in the uh, the Nets and the Mavericks game. I think he could have a lot of success in there. I also think Jason, Ta Jason Tatum, who played really well against the Lakers last time, could have some real success tonight against the Lakers. So those are the those are the two props I'm looking at. Uh, and, you know, as is often the case when I, when I come on to this show, I don't look at the props enough until we get on the show and then these – questions are, are asked so i appreciate these questions because you can win money on props just as well as you can I mean, a lot of times the limits on the amount that you can put on props are much lower but you can still you know you can still win money off of props so uh you know it, it, it's something that i should think about more well a couple props to consider tonight there aldrich tatum and randall taking a look at our best bets for today a very short list for us chris and i are on the nets josh playing the knicks we're just going to watch and, and have fun watching the Lakers Celtics, maybe get in on some action later, but just these three bets for us tonight. Best of luck, gentlemen, a couple fun games to watch tonight, national TV games. So going to be a good slate and we'll get back to it tomorrow, a very large slate tomorrow. So we'll have plenty to talk about and we will look forward to seeing you all then.